You're listening to That'll Preach, a weekly segment on the Forks Midtown podcast. I'm Brian. I lead the college ministry and adult education at Forks Midtown. I'm joined by Paul Rizcala after a six-week absence. Paul. It's so funny. Nobody else feels the absence except me and you. That's true. People don't know this, but like we recorded just, I mean, what was it like? 17,000. Yeah, we recorded so many of these podcast episodes ahead of time. You know, a month and a half ago. Just to keep people guessing. Just to keep people guessing. You have no guessing. idea where we are, what we're so, doing. So everything that you've been listening to is actually outdated. This is the <laughs> first time that we've recorded a podcast in six weeks since you left. Isn't that why, crazy? Why are we telling people this? It's been more than six weeks. Has it been more than six it's weeks? It's been like two months. Paul, tell us, what have you been up to? What did you do those six weeks? Uh, I was in the beautiful New York City. Gross. It was amazing. It's so nice. And now I'm back in Tallahassee and it's disgusting and muggy and humid and brian's here yeah you know when when covid hit new york city you left and you came here that's and right then COVID and COVID explodes in florida and you I leave i feel like you're you're either the smartest guy in the world or you're like a carrier of this disease and just spreading it around i know or i'm just terribly or unlucky both or terribly yeah. unlucky yeah did you enjoy the time away it was good it was refreshing got a lot of dissertation work done i mean you're back here are you even doing classes uh well, you're, you're, you're teaching classes and all yeah. that stuff. Life is still in like full flow. Why don't you just it's, go to the Bahamas and do everything there? Actually, should we do that? <laughs> what if we actually <laughs> are in the Bahamas? Just record a bunch of episodes and yeah. Yeah, I know. That'd be great. We don't have the budget for that though. This is very low budget. Our budget for this podcast is like $8.95. Whatever Diet Coke, a pack of Diet Cokes costs, you know, or some uh, of these... Uh, Zephyr off Hills brand water, water, off-brand water. We don't even, yeah, we're <laughs> off-brand. I mean, this is seriously, this is... Uh, it's a grassroots. Very grassroots. We are of the people Not for even the grassroots. The gra- it's not even, it's just dirt. <laughs> no grass at all. It's just dirt. These but, are terrible. Uh, These are so bad. Do you think any of that was funny, Paul? That was, no. <laughs> <laughs> what is New York? These are New York values. That's right. That was like Bernie Sanders and Trump at the same. Your your impressions are always like it's really fantastic. <laughs> it's really fantastic. New York values. It's like Matthew McConaughey meets Donald Trump. All right, all right. <laughs> I should do the rest of the, I should do I should do the rest of this podcast as Matthew McConaughey. I'd be impressed. Actually, don't do that. We're speaking about the deep things of life. Yeah, you can't talk about understand. spiritual depression. What are you talking with about? that voice? I'm depressed and I'm spiritual. Yeah. Did you know Matthew McConaughey is releasing a book? I thought you were going to say Matthew McConaughey is spiritually depressed. No, he might be. But he's releasing <laughs> a book called um, Green Lights. It's like reflections on his life. He's like, I went to a cab and I just wrote. I just wrote all the things that I've observed in life and all that stuff. And uh, it's pretty uh, – I, I kind of want to get the book. It sounds like the kind of thing that would be – it's like a good road trip audiobook. Exactly. Because it's going to be like bizarre and weird. And I hope he does the audiobook. You oh, know what yeah. I'm saying? That would be pretty awesome. There I was. There yeah. I was. <laughs> There I was. I saw a red light, then it turned into a green light, and I thought, that's it. That's my book. <laughs> it's too good. We don't even have a topic today. We're just we're just spinning. We just missed each other and we decided to press record. Okay. <laughs> but for okay, honestly, I know you guys listen to this double speed, and uh, so you're just gonna spit, skip over this part anyways, but we just decided, you know, it's just been a long time. We want to be conversational, just talk about life. You know, shoot the breeze or... Nobody says shoot the breeze anymore. Breeze the shoots. Yep. 
you know, you got to pack it up and fly a kite. You know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> they don't say that in New York City. No, that's terrible. We've completely gone off the deep end. Somebody help us. Okay, so listen. This is why structure is important. I know. We were just like, we're, we don't need structure anymore, but I feel like this is entertaining enough. This is an argument for why we need structure. Right. <laughs> okay, but we, we really do. I mean, if you clicked on this, you probably saw a really catchy, marketable title for what we're going to talk about today. Which we don't we, have yet. Which we, we don't will. have yet, but we will. But <laughs> we, we, you know, we're continuing our series called ODG, Old Dead Guys, okay? And uh, we just found ourselves really being compelled by a lot of these older theologians and authors and thinkers and all that stuff who have done a lot of great work on some topics that we're interested in now today. So we did St. Augustine on love and desire. Wow, that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. We did um, the Kappa Cappadocia brothers the Kappa, on the Trinity. Kappa Cappadocia. <laughs> Kappa Cappadocia. We did Aquinas on Did God Have Feelings? And, that was a good uh, title. Did you come up with that one? Of course that I came catchy. up with that. Of course <laughs> I came up with that. And then we did, uh, I think the last one we did was C.S. Lewis on Temptation, yep. which was a lot of fun. That's a good one. Screw tape. Oh, don't forget Athanasius. Athana Who oh, could forget Athanasius? It's because he's Egyptian, right? Athi. Yeah. That's what they called him. But uh, yeah, a lot of great <laughs> stuff. Go back and check those out because they're really, they're really well done. I can't believe it's been six weeks. Can you imagine? It's been just two think about it. Think about how much we've grown in this. Like, remember when we were just six weeks ago? How young we were, how immature, how foolish, how little we knew about the world, and now we're back here six weeks later. That's like a super optimistic assessment of our growth in six weeks. I don't know what those words mean. So, <laughs> I agree. I'm just going to tell you to step you're, off. <laughs> yeah, you're a philosopher. So when you say big words, I just go, yeah, man, that's a good point. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so that's a secret. But today we want to talk about spiritual depression spiritual depression. We'll get into what that means, but uh, the guy that we're going to have come in to help us, not literally. That sounds he's, creepy. He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the spirit of him will be here. That's even, that's still kind of creepy. It's like he's a ghost. We're going to use his writings. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Martin Lloyd-Jones. He's a Welsh pastor, and <clears throat> uh, he was a pastor during World War II. Do you even know where Wales is? Yes. It's in London. <laughs> anyway, so uh, he, for almost 30 years, he was a minister of Westminster Chapel in London. <clears throat> What's interesting about him is before he became a pastor, he was actually a medical doctor. Well, he didn't stop being a doctor. Well, yeah, but he, but he like practice. switched. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he's, he's got, uh, he's, got meta, he's a doctor of the body and a doctor of the soul. Mm, you that was like deep. That? Yeah. that was very deep. That was good. So, you know, he's got a lot of great insights. He's a great preacher. All well, you, of his sermons. You can listen to his sermons they're, online. They're all cataloged. Most of them, a, a huge amount is mm. cata cata cataloged mm. online at the, I think it's called the MLJ Trust. Or, or you can just Jones go on Trust. YouTube and type in Martin Lloyd-Jones. Yeah. Like he's, he's got this, thousands I mean, like, of people. Oh, yeah. He was he's, such a fire preacher. Incredible. He's just like, like his voice is like, he's like, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. <laughs> we'll be there in chapter 4. He's got this like great accent. British Matthew British, McConaughey. Yeah, it's wonderful. Right, exactly. <laughs> Martin McConaughey Jones is what his name is. But he's excellent. And he wrote a book. Well, actually, the book is a series is a, of sermons. It's a series of sermons mm. that he preached <clears throat> on the topic of spiritual depression. And loosely, 
spiritual depression, as he describes it, is this sense of despair in your Christian life. This sense of, and it can take many forms. You could feel an overwhelming amount of guilt, like your sin, even though you're like, I think I'm a Christian, just, just a lack of assurance. Just mm. always wondering if God loves you or not. So that's, that's part of spiritual depression. It can also be just a really down demeanor, just hopeless about life, you know, um, full of doubts on God's character and his goodness. Uh, spiritual depression can also be uh, a, a, a deep sort of anxiety about life. Right. You know, you're lost in a haze. You can't think straight. It's really, he's talking about any... It's a catch-all term for yeah, lots a of different, term, just right. like, you feel like you're in a fog or right. when people talk about like off seasons, dry seasons, whatever. It's sort of this like, yeah, it's a catch-all term for every Christian goes through it. And he's going to give us some like principles and right. just some some little insights on how to go through life and... Um, alleviate some of these spiritual depression moments. It's probably one of those things where it's like, you know, how do you define depression? Well, I don't know if there's a good definition, but people, you know it when you got it. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like when you have it, you're like, that's what it is. This is, you know, and, uh, you know, this is something that he, and and he really, I think, does a great job of applying the Bible in, in, in a really sophisticated way, like not in a way where it's just sort of like, well, just love Jesus more, duh, you know, like or, or pray harder or something like that. Uh, he's very, I mean, he's, he's kind of like a doctor about it. You know, he's, he's precise. very precise yeah, and, and, absolutely. and really biblical about it. <clears throat> so we have a bunch of quotes from his book, Spiritual Depression, and also from some of his sermons that we want to go through. But if any of you are dealing with this, Martin Lloyd-Jones, it, one, it's nice to know that like, it's enough of a problem that a pastor of this large church is going to be like, I need to address this. Hmm. So you're not alone if you feel what a lot of Christians throughout the ages, ages have called the dark night of the soul. You know, I mean, this is not a strange experience for Christians. And uh, what's great about Lloyd-Jones is he, he shows us not only how to rejoice in the middle of it, not, not only how to get through it, but, but also how we can even benefit from it. How hmm. it can actually be something that forms and shapes our faith and, and makes us more mature. So we have a bunch of these quotes. One, one of the things that I love <laughs> about Lloyd-Jones is he, he essentially says this. He says, the ultimate cause of all spiritual depression is unbelief. Mm. Unbelief. Now that sounds a little maybe prosperity gospel-ish, like you just got to name it and claim it, you know. But there's a reality to that where, you know, it's like Jesus is on the boat you know, and the, he's, he falls asleep and the disciples are freaking out and he gets up and he, he doesn't go, hey, guys, I, I, I would have freaked out, too. You know, he mm. goes, you have little faith. What are you talking about? What, what, why don't you believe that I can help you? Why don't you believe I'm with you in the storm? So there is a little bit of that in the Absolutely. Bible where it's like, where is your faith? Not not faith for like a Lamborghini or that God will give you all your dreams, but faith that God does care about you and he's not asleep at the wheel in your life, no matter what circumstance is happening. It is funny, as I was going through, reading through these quotes, I was shocked, not shocked, but like kind of, kind of surprised by how, like you said, prosperity gospel-ish they sounded. Like if you took them out of context, Lloyd-Jones talks a lot about speaking to yourself, like unbelief as the root of your problems. Most of your happiness is due to the fact that you're listening to yourself rather than, it sounds almost like, like pity, fortune cookie, like type advice, but that just shows that like a lot of these like common bits of wisdom come from a rich tradition and Lloyd-Jones is pulling that out of scripture um, and he's giving us a sophisticated way of dealing with these uh, moments of spiritual depression in our lives. And a lot of it is just, it is really just that basic. Like sometimes 
you're just listening to yourself too much and you're not doing enough of the talking. Um, and he tells us like specific ways of applying that using the Psalms and looking at the method that the Psalmist uses there. Um, but it is, yeah, it, it might sound like kind of bizarre the first time you go through it, but there's a lot of wisdom in it. He says the main art in the matter of spiritual living is knowing how to handle yourself. You have to take yourself in hand. You have to address yourself, preach to yourself, question yourself. And, you know, that's that's some good wisdom there where it's like we're our own worst enemy. So mm. much of the things that we think and we ruminate and we, you know, we're just stuck on these negative ideas. And it's not this sort of naive, like, just be positive. Right. There's no bad right. things in the world. Right. Close your eyes, plug your ears. No, it's, but it is, there's a lot of our minds are, especially I think with social media and just, we're just bombarded with all this stuff that we're, 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 our minds are always meditating on something. Something is, there's, we always have like a soundtrack in our minds that's playing. And it's either going to be true things or not true things, right? right? I mean, right. the Apostle Paul talks about that in Philippians, right? Set your minds on things that are true, beautiful, mm -hmm. praiseworthy, all those things. That that your mindset is really important. And Lloyd-Jones is kind of like, why do you trust yourself so much? Why, why do you trust so much of your view of the world? Mm. You know, if you think about cynicism or being constantly pessimistic, not that I've ever, I've ever been there. I'm saying hypothetically, right, right, right. Right, saying hypothetically, right? <laughs> it's like, well, why do you think you know so much? Why do you think you know everyone's motives? You know, why do you, how do you know the future? Do you really? Hmm. And then you start to question yourself and you realize you're sort of, not sort of, but you are saying, this is what God says. I just don't feel like that's true. Hmm. So I'm just going to listen to myself. And it does show that like there is an element of, a lot of this isn't within your control. Like sometimes we try to attribute, you know, I'm going through this really difficult time or I've got this really heavy, you know, weightiness on my shoulders and there's nothing I can do about it. Lloyd-Jones doesn't want to like negate that totally. Like there definitely is stuff that's out of our control. There's sure. a physical dimension to a lot right. of this. But the reassuring thing like that's in a lot of his work is... Some of it is in your control, like some right. of the speaking back to yourself, some of the pushing back, some of the reminding yourself who you are, like just don't just take all of those negative messages coming from your flesh and internalize them. So that itself is kind of reassuring that there is something that's in our control that we can do something to alleviate some of the, just like taking right. the edge off of that like terrible experience that when it comes. Because it's not so black and white, like either you're totally in despair or you're totally happy nothing bugs you. Right. Right, it, it, we're, we're kind of like first of all, you're never going to get forth. Yeah. yeah, you're never going to get to the point where nothing bugs you and everything's perfect in this life, right? So we're not talking about that, but there is you can't make progress, and and, and Lloyd Jones he, he even says physical conditions <clears throat> play their part in all this, and he basically says your temperament, uh, your physical conditions. Uh, he says there are certain physical ailments which tend to promote depression. So he understands. I mean, he's a mm. doctor. Yep. He understands that there are certain genetic things, physiological things that can, you know, hormonal things that can play into this. So he's not discounting that, but he is saying like, okay, that under, like that's a foregone conclusion. Hmm. Okay, so let's just put that aside and go, those things aside though, what are some things that you can do? Are those the only factors in, in, in spiritual depression? And I think the answer is no, right? right? There yeah. are some other things in <clears throat> your mind. Um, and he takes, I mean, Psalm 42 is where he gets a lot of this, like just laying out the framework where the psalmist uh, looks into himself and asks himself, why are you downcast my soul? Right. So there he sees like, there's a biblical template or right. precedent for this He's kind of to introspection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. It's like psychology 101. It's like, 
I'm diagnosing myself. I'm looking at what my thoughts are, how I'm feeling. Right. And then I'm, I'm not just leaving it there. I'm like subjecting it to some scrutiny. I'm asking like, oh, wh why do I feel like this? Why is this sadness here? Why are my tears food day and night? Like what's going on here? And then like the positive step in that direction is, well, let me remind myself of other things that I know, of truths that I know. And Lloyd-Jones, like we kind of talked about with the C.S. Lewis in the last episode, there's a kind of like Christianity is more about facts, not feelings, you know, like mm -hmm. the Ben Shapiro thing. Right, so right, right. Your, your feelings don't always have to have this like looming large uh, position in your mind. They don't have to determine everything. And Lloyd-Jones is like, well, you can sometimes take your feelings by the scruff of the neck and be like, okay, well, let me speak truth to you. Let me remind you, like, you're not the end all be all. And there's some comfort in that. You can actually like lessen some of the negative impacts of spiritual depression through this talking back after introspecting. I've heard that uh, your feelings are kind of like a check engine light, right? <laughs> it tells you something's off, right? Something's off in your car. Okay, so it's, they're important. Feeling, right. We're not saying feelings aren't important, but uh, you don't want to buy a new car because you just have a check engine light. You, it, it's just alerting you that you might need to look under the hood. Something might be going on. But once you get under the hood, you actually want to find out what's happening. Right, you don't want to just go crazy because you have a check engine light, right? right? So it's it's a good indicator that something's wrong, but not really a good prescription for how to fix it. Your emotions, and a lot of times we think emotionally, yeah, and we don't realize it, you mm -hmm. know. And so what the Psalms are great is it shows you how to process those emotions. You know, he's like, look, my my tears are my food all day and night. I am depressed. I am down. I do feel like the waters are cascading over my face. So he goes through the motions of it. He feels those things. He doesn't deny them. But after he's let his feelings get their go, he goes, but I'm not going to give them the keys and, and let them drive the car. You know, I'm not going to hmm. give over my life to them. I'm going to get myself under control and remember what's true. And uh, he talks about that. He says that our danger is to submit ourselves to our feelings and to allow them to dictate us, to govern and to master us and to control the whole of our lives. So he's not anti-feelings. He's anti-feelings being your master. Feelings determining what you want to do, you know, and uh, I mean, how many times we, we, we whenever things are going wrong, that's when we can be the most irrational. Yeah, we just want to cut off friendships, or we want to isolate ourselves, or we want to just make impulse buys, or do this thing, or do this sin, or you know, we're we're just we're just irrational at the core when it comes to those because of our emotions. And Lloyd Jones is saying, you know, there's no benefit to that. You know, like you cannot let those emotions dictate your life. Well, just to just to tie into our last series on Tallahassee Vice, the the reason why our feelings are so like off kilter, off track, is because of sin, right? Right. Like we have these vicious tendencies. We're not perfectly virtuous, and so why should we trust that our feelings are going to be reporting to us like correctly? So it might be like a general gauge, like you said, it's going to just indicate that there's a general problem, but it's not going to ever give us the solution, right? The feeling is never going to be, uh, well, this is the correct answer. And one other thing that Lloyd-Jones says is, uh, talk to yourself. So the devil's suggesting that because you don't feel sometimes, you're not a Christian. We'll speak back to the devil saying, no, I don't feel anything, but whether or not I feel, I believe the scriptures. I believe God's word is true. I will stay my soul on it. I will believe in it, come what may. It's some Christian toughness, man. That is man. amazing. It's like, yeah. He it, is kind of just being like, listen, 
Like, don't be a wimp. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like, Satan does not get to run your life. You you know, like, you belong to God. You have the truth, and he can't fight against the truth. Mm. You think about the, you know, when, when uh, Satan tempts Jesus in the wilderness, Jesus fights with the word of God. You know, and sometimes we're just like, come on, it's a Jesus juke, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We just throw Bible verses. It's like, no, they're not magic spells. It's not right. like Harry Potter or something like that. But it's like, do you do that? Do I? I mean, I don't know that I do that all the time. I think I'm a sitting duck for Satan a lot because I don't really go, I'm seriously going to be like, this is what the scripture says about who God is. That's true. Whether my feelings believe it or not. So I'm just going to like push myself in that direction. Yeah. You know, and sometimes I think we try and it's hard and we assume it doesn't work. Mm. And sometimes we have to suck it up and go, mm, it's supposed to be hard. And through it being hard, it's going to work. You know, now again, I'm not trying to say this is some magic thing, but it is a gentle push of like, are we really? Mm. You know, I mean, one of the things that uh, Lloyd Jones says is um, the reason why so many today are living superficial Christian lives is because they will not take time to examine themselves, right? To really think what's going on. And then he says, if you want to be ready, you've got to study the scriptures because that's what how you can learn about yourself and learn about God. So doctrine's important. In oh, this. absolutely. It's 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 very philosophical in that, like he says, asking questions the is super important. Philosophy's boring, so we philosophy don't need philosophy's to... amazing. It's yeah. like the greatest thing. We're doing philosophy right now. Look no, we're that. not. I no, just philosophy. I refuse, I refuse to, to philosophize right now. There's I'm one. not gonna make sense the rest of this podcast. <laughs> I'm refuse to do it. Brian just walked out. Brian. Or He's I back. walked in. He walked in. Uh, there's another place where uh, Lloyd Jones actually says. The art of asking questions is the art of Christianity because it's that self-diagnosis. It's that constantly just like, He's like analyzing Yoda. your, yeah. He's it's like just, the Yoda of Christianity. <laughs> although he doesn't speak backwards or whatever Yoda mm -hmm. does. Um, but yeah, so there, you, like asking questions, figuring out what your motives are, what's driving you, constantly just doing like that um, self-evaluation, seeing what's wrong, taking stock, taking inventory, and then being okay, willing to speak back to yourself. But to that point that you made before, this is going to totally both date me and show that I had weird taste as a child as growing up in Christian well, subculture. Well, someone's going to date you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, was that was good. That was terrible. No, that was good. That was, was this philosophy what, <laughs> for you. You've been spared, like not growing up a Christian, you were spared some of like the bad Christian subculture. Really? Oh my gosh. I feel like I missed the party. Bible man? You know oh, I know about mm. Bible Man. Okay, so the whole his parents is, were killed, and then in the alleyway, and then he puts on the bat suit, and then he. <laughs> it, it basically was. I don't know how they didn't get sued for like violating trademark or copyright or whatever, but it's that same story. And he fights demons, and every time he like says a scripture verse, he's got like a lightsaber, and so he like would fight the demons. And it was it was so bad. It was like the worst. Low production quality. It was horrible, but it had lightsabers, so kids thought it was cool. Amazing. Uh, uh, this was relevant. So. You sometimes think of like when Jesus brings up scripture, when he's talking to uh, the devil in the desert, when we're exhorted to use scripture there, it's not like the, the point there is, yes, there is an element of like it's spiritual warfare. You're doing like you're combating the forces of darkness, but there's this other dimension of just it is helping you. It's doing something to your psychology in saying it is written, you know, X you're reminding yourself of that in saying it, in recalling it, you're doing something to your soul that's positive. Um, you're reminding yourself that you're a child of God. You're taking hold of the promises of God, all these kinds of things. So it's not just this external um, 
dimension. There's an internal thing as well. And for Lloyd Jones, that is like, that's the crux of the issue. In dealing with spiritual depression, that everything takes place in that internal ground. Uh, the listening to yourself, the speaking back to yourself, that's the battle that needs to be won to overcome like the different areas of spiritual depression. Well, it's a, uh, it's a hard thing to do though. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, this yeah. is by no means like, come on guys, this is so easy. I mean, it, this is like a lifetime of, I mean, Lloyd Jones himself went through a lot of stuff and I mean, he, you know, he, hmm. he was preaching <laughs> while London was being bombed. Yeah. I mean, you talk about spiritual depression, you talk about like despair, you know, that's, like there's wreckage Absolutely. outside of his church. I think even the church itself was like damaged. I mean, or something yeah. like that. His I brother mean, died of Spanish flu. Just crazy. thinking of like Corona. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is a guy <clears throat> that is well acquainted with uh, with difficulty in life. But mm. it's something that is, and I think that it adds to why he's so perceptive about grief and pain and depression is one, because he lived through it, but two, you know, he was pastoring to people who were living through a wartime. And uh, one of the things he talks about is how the spirit of love, you know, Paul tells Timothy, God has given you the spirit of love, power, and self-control. He says, the spirit of love delivers you from self-interest, self-concern, and from depression about self, because depression results from self and self-concern. It gets rid of self at all points. Hmm. Now, obviously, not all depression is selfish. I mean, if, if, if a loved one dies, you, you should rightly feel depressed. Sure. If something <clears throat> traumatic happens. I think this is more talking about just a constant state where there's no clear trigger. There's <clears throat> no clear, you know, source of why someone feels this way. And some of it, and this is hard because it's a very touchy subject, but sometimes the depression can be just a self-absorption. Like you're constantly thinking about yourself. Yep. And the thing that might help you is, Loving other people. Yeah, taking your eyes off yourself. Taking your eyes mm -hmm. off yourself, which is when you're in the midst of that emotional turmoil. I've been there. We've all been there. That's the last thing in the world you want to do. You know, I um, this guy, Johan Hari, he wrote a book on depression. I don't think he's a Christian, but he had this interesting insight where he said, people in the West, whenever they feel depressed, uh, when they want to feel better, they do something for themselves. They do a self-care day or something like that. But people in the East, whenever they want to do something better, they do something for somebody else. You mean when they've got, like, when they're depressed? When or? they're depressed, mm -hmm. they, they, you know, they, they serve a family member, they help in their community or something like that. And what he said was that the people in the East are more satisfied. It's actually a lot, the, the, the thing, the, the effect of loving somebody else is much better than just, you know, wow. doing a self-care thing, which not that, that self-care is always bad, but, but we're all, we're built that way. Yeah. You know, getting your mind off yourself and, you know, it, it, it's almost like whenever you're super in your own head, your world shrinks. It shrinks to what you're worried about. It shrinks to you. Hmm. And it almost seems like we're programmed that when we go outward, our world expands and the pressure lightens a little bit. You know, and I think that that's, that might be why people go through a lot of traumatic events or, you know, they find a lot of peace and healing when they help other people oh, yeah. with those events. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, even in Second Corinthians 1, Paul says, the God of all comfort has comforted us that we might comfort you. Right. And by right. the way, when Christ comforts you, it's so that you may also comfort other people. Mm. So there's this kind of transference of, of comfort that seems to, to happen. And I think Lloyd-Jones is hitting on that, where he's like, your, your temptation in this depression, in this spiritual kind of muck, is to just 
bunk, like hunker down, get in a bunker and just mm-hmm. isolate yourself. When that's, that's exactly the opposite exactly of what you need. exactly the opposite, yeah. right? You need other people to support you and you mm-hmm. also need to go out and, and maybe care for other people. Yeah. It's so counterintuitive. Very counterintuitive. That, it sounds like, you know, your body's screaming in the opposite direction. You just don't want to do that at all. But it's, I mean, it's like medicine. Medicine never tastes good. It's like always the thing that, you know, feels bad at the moment that actually has that long-term gain. Except uh, for Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> we, we know someone who, who he enjoys. It just, it blows my mind. The it's taste of even, Pepto-Bismol. But the thing is, it's not even the cherry flavor. It's just the regular disgusting. Molten chalk flavor? Off-brand Pepto-Bismol. Oh man, that's so gross. Uh, if you're listening, you know who you are. We love you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but it is, that medicine analogy is true. And I mean, again, you know, Lloyd Jones is a doctor and mm-hmm. something he talks about is, you know, he never lets the patient prescribe the medicine. Oh, you know, that's good. Well, he talks about that with preaching where he goes, I don't, I don't, I don't preach to give people what they want to hear because they're the patient, right. you know? But I think also in another, on a greater respect, it's like God doesn't ask, like he doesn't go, well, how do you want to heal? Or how do you want to grow? Yeah. He knows better than us. Hmm. And if that's the case, then we should expect things in our life to be difficult and confusing. And that's especially when that doctrine needs to come in. Absolutely. When you have to go, what is true about God? Hmm. And I, doctrine, it's just not, this is not Bible trivia. Right. You know, it's <clears> not impress people about how you can talk about predestination or free will or whatever. <laughs> this is about like a fundamental knowledge of what's reality. Is God in control or not? Right? Did he redeem me or not? Is Christ truly the Savior or not? Hmm. You know, um, I love when he he's, he talks about. I'm paraphrasing this encounter where he talks about when he goes up to somebody and says, "Are you ready to say that you're a Christian?" So he's evangelizing to somebody, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they say, uh, and they hesitate, and he goes, "Well, what's the matter? Why are you hesitating?" And he said, "So often people say, I don't feel like I'm good enough yet. I don't think I'm ready." to say I'm a Christian now. And he goes, I feel like I'm wasting my breath. He's yep. like, that's the point. You totally missed the point. You, yeah. You're still basing something on yourself mm. when salvation is entirely the gift of God. But, you know, I, I love that he's almost frustrated. I mean, that he is yeah, frustrated yeah, yeah. with that, yeah. where he's like, no, that you if you think, if you look at yourself, you're totally missing it. Mm. There's nothing to do with your goodness. That's good. And, uh, and, and he just says, you are no more hopeless than the most moral and respectable person in the world. Hmm. In other words, think about the best guy in the world. It's like, you you can have, you might think that they're the ones who have it all together, whatever, because in Christ, you have everything that the most moral person in your world would have before God, Hmm. right? You are saved, you're righteous, you're you're loved in God's sight. And, um, but I, I, I don't know why, I think maybe for millennials, like, it's just hard for us, I think, sometimes to to really grasp that. I I think so much of the angst for millennials is we just really want affirmation. Like we are Mm. desperate for some kind of approval that sticks. I mean, I don't don't think it's a, it might be like a millennial thing, but it is just a human nature. That is true. It's just like, we, we want to be affirmed. We want to be recognized. We want to be noticed and all these kinds of things. Um, When the deep insight is, that is exacerbating the problem. Like the solution lies in the opposite direction. And Lloyd-Jones's key 
insight, like this little nugget of wisdom that stems and is underpinning a lot of his work is just move your eyes off of yourself. Like don't, don't let yourself take the reins and direct the direction of your life. Um, he also says to rejoice is a command. For example, there's all the difference in the world between rejoicing and being happy. You can't make yourself happy, but you can make yourself rejoice in the sense that you will always rejoice in the Lord. Happiness is something within ourselves. Rejoicing is in the Lord. So focusing on specific commands, focusing on the things that are in your control, like I can rejoice, even if I can't directly make myself happy now. Yeah. Scripture doesn't tell me directly make yourself happy. Scripture says rejoice because that is good for you. That is objectively good for the state and health of your soul. And I think also we can trust that God designed our nature, that when we do the things that he wishes and desires of us, that happiness does come along with that as like a bonus. It's not direct, it's indirect. But when you're living um, in right standing with God, it's not it's not the happiness that the world you know says we should pursue 24-7, but it's that deep-seated contentedness. Like, I know that I'm fulfilling what God wants me in this world, and, and I can say that God is pleased with me, and I know that I'm, you know, a recipient of the promises of God. My sins are forgiven. Like that, that's something that's much deeper. Christ talks about the peace that I give to you is not the same peace that the world offers you. It's something deeper. It's something more robust. It's not the kind of thing that's going to erode. It's not the th kind of thing that's going to be here one moment and, and gone in the next. And that's the thing that we should be seeking after. Um, and so there I channeled my inner Lloyd-Jones and sermonized for two minutes. But Why do you think people, <laughs> Christians, aren't? that happy all the time, or I, I don't know, maybe they seem like, I, I just feel like a lot of this, you know, sometimes I feel like every Christian book is about finding peace and happiness. And, and, you know, hmm. and, and I just wonder like, why are these books always bestsellers? That's a lot of people who don't feel content or who feel, is it, is it just like a, a, a carrot that's dangling? Like keep coming to church, keep reading the Bible. One day you'll find it. One day you'll feel happy. One day you'll feel not anxious. Like, or maybe the happiness that's being offered by those bestsellers is like the cheap crappy version of happiness. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, there's another great Lloyd Jones quote where he says, uh, the word abiding makes people become sentimental. Meaning oh yeah. You think yep. abiding, like you think about, you know, <laughs> I'm one with the universe. I'm abiding in <laughs> Jesus. You know, they think of abiding. This is Lloyd Jones again. They think of abiding as something passive and clinging. Hmm. But to abide in Christ is to do what he tells you positively and to pray without ceasing. Abiding is a tremendously active thing. Hmm. So I wonder if like we sort of, you know, try to life hack Christian joy, like, you know, you do this, this, and this, listen to this sermon, go to this conference, do all this stuff. When really it's Lloyd-Jones, all the stuff he's saying here is saying like, this is something for the long haul. Oh, yeah. It may take a long time for this joy to settle in. Mm. Um, and I think it, it's what's so sensitive is people will say, I've tried all that stuff. I've tried, I've tried. And one, part of it is maybe you need medical help. Sure, oh, you know, yeah. Part of it is maybe you, it's not listening to another sermon or it's maybe you just need people to have you for dinner and oh, yeah. show you Christian hospitality. You know, so there's a multiple ways to deal with this beyond, you know, um, but it's not, but that's not to say do that instead of doctrine and preaching to yourself. It's Absolutely. Do that in addition yeah. to it. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like all these people offering amazing diets or like quick 
you know, pads to whatever, lose your whatever, get your six pack, whatever. And there, there are no shortcuts to these things. Took me a long time to get this six pack. You've got an eight pack actually. Yeah, it was actually a seven and a three quarters pack. (laughs) It's very misshapen. You know what's funny? If you get a, if you don't, it's like you can either have a six pack or an eight pack or a four pack or whatever. You can't have a five, like you've got to make sure every single one of those is completely developed. It's going to look super weird. <laughs> At first I thought you were being serious and I was like going to give you a quick anatomy lesson, but your face makes me think maybe you are serious. Yeah. We should, uh, we should talk later. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like all, all the all the people promising, you know, you can get your whatever killer bikini body in two weeks. Mm-hmm. There are no shortcuts right. to these kinds of things. And people who go, you know, I've tried dieting, I've tried whatever, but I mean, have you really? Like people who's, I've tried Christianity. What's that Chesterton quote? Christianity has not been found. Um, it's not been tried and found wanting. It's been it's found been, difficult and not yeah, tried. Yeah. That's, I mean, it, the same goes with like diet and workout routines and the they Christian say, life. Don't, don't do diets or don't do crash diets or any of right. these things. Instead, yeah. have a healthy Long-term, lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be sustainable. It's got to be right. looking at the course of your life rather than looking for a specific outcome uh, in the short-sighted, you know, we, we got to have like, sometimes our, our visions are too myopic. Like we're looking through a tiny lens. We're looking only two feet ahead right. and we're not planning for a lifetime. And I think Christianity is a life call. So, I mean... Jesus tells his disciples, count the cost before you come and follow me. Right. Because are you willing to give up everything? Are you willing to completely reshape everything, um, your life plans, your goals, your values in following me? And if not, then Christianity is not for you. And I think something similar is to be said here in, in Lloyd-Jones's work that the the Christian walk, the call to the gospel, the avoiding of spiritual depression is something that, you know, it, it's a lifetime. It's going to, you're going to have moments of clarity, moments of fog, um, but on the bedrock of your life is the truths of the gospel. And those are the things you have to, if that's there, those are the principles and truths that you keep reminding yourself of. And if you're in that fog, you didn't fail. Mm, this right. is an opportunity. Right. You know, this happens to everybody to varying degrees, but you know, we're all falling. We mm. all fall short. And so this is an opportunity not to feel guilty that you feel this way, but what has God given us, you know, to dig out of it. And, mm. and even when you, not even just when you, you know, talking to yourself rather than listening to yourself, but even when you talk to other people, I I have to watch this where, you know, somebody vents to me or something like that. It's like, well, I want to tell them God's truth. Hmm. I don't want to just also jump on the train with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that yeah, can yeah. be very yeah, tempting. Absolutely. And you realize that sometimes they might not be able to talk to themselves, but you need to be the one to talk to them, you know? And, uh, it's it, it you know a lot of your thinking is shaped by those people around you. So if you have people around you who are always cynical or scoffing at God's word, well, that's not going to bode well for your mental health. Hmm. You know, and so I do think there's something even as a friend to other people who are going through spiritual depression, you want to make sure you're telling them the truth, sure, and yep. you're not coddling the lies they're listening to, uh, and you're also being compassionate towards what they're what they're going through, hmm. but. Man, this is a big topic. It's very complex, but also kind of simple in a sense where it's like, you know. It's complex, but simple. It's, it's complex. It's like a carbohydrate. It's a carbohydrate. <laughs> That's right. It's part carb, part hydrate, hydrate, which is a type of water. We need to do biology 101. We are insane. 
But uh, anyway, if you want to check this out, again, go to, uh, you can Google Martin Lloyd-Jones Trust and they mm. have, they'll take it to the website and they'll have all of his sermons or most of his sermons. Get the book Spiritual Depression by Martin Lloyd-Jones. It's a great book. And uh, again, you can also go on YouTube and find a bunch of his sermons, but really, really great resource. I, I think you'll get a lot out of him if you just read Spiritual Depression. But he's got also stuff on preaching. He's got stuff on the Sermon on the Mount. He's got stuff on revival. I think there was, revival. Even a, there was a documentary made about him recently, right? Yeah, it's a long one. Oh, is it? Yeah. I mean, it's good, but it's really long. Logic on fire. Logic on fire. <laughs> there you go. But uh, thank you guys for listening to this. We are back in action. We're going to keep having content coming out for you guys. Make sure you subscribe, and we will see you next time.